And how you guys doing? Welcome to episode 761. Don't forget to like and subscribe over on YouTube and all our platforms, man. Holy cow, man. The gift that just keeps on giving. It's getting to the point where it's just too funny. Little Dave has made the New York Times. We're going to be covering that in this episode. A little bit more information coming out on this whole ordeal with Little Dave. Do you guys think that he is trying to get a movie deal? I don't know, but the New York Times, I got to congratulate him. And I don't do that much. But damn. Holy cow, I never thought that this kind of stuff would reach the mainstream media and buy a Pulitzer Prize winner, reporter, insanity. Now, I know, because last time I did a little day video, oh boy, was the haters out there. I was accused of all kinds of stuff. Uh, I can just imagine what I'm going to be accused of now. But we're going to take a look at this entire article. The first half of the show is going to be dedicated to little Dave. And I know I said... I wouldn't be giving them any more airtime. The problem is, it's the New York Times. I got to cover it. I got to get the word out there. From a biker's perspective, by the way. Now, let's go to the New York Times. Everybody has been banging on me saying, oh, where's the paperwork? See, the problem is, it's not coming from me. It's coming from the motorcycle club itself. They know stuff that we don't know. So spare me, will you? Spare me with the paperwork stuff. And what they will not tell you is in a RICO case, predicates, all that stuff, you will never, ever, ever know who the informant is until it's unmasked in court. So save the paperwork BS for later. Mongols Motorcycle Club says its leader was an informant. Let me repeat that for all you hooked on phonics dropouts. Mongols Motorcycle Club president or motorcycle. Uh, I screwed that up, didn't I? Mo Mongols Motorcycle Club says its leader was an informant. It's the club saying that, not me. The biker group hopes to set aside a five hundred thousand dollar, five hundred thousand dollars racketeering conviction alleging that its former president cooperated with the government during the trial. Ooh, the plot thickens. And it's funny, the one, uh, you know, I call it a scripted interview because it was almost, you can tell it was scripted with uh, the Cinemills or whatever the hell it is. 
And he, in a comments down there, he was saying, well, you know, how much money could have been stolen and blah, blah, blah. If you figure just by 1200 if that's the case. Now, I'm going off of numbers in my head, and this ain't the actual deal, because I don't know the Mongols' books. 1,200 members in the United States or worldwide, whatever you want, times that by $100. That's 120,000 big ones. 120,000 big ones. And all they were left with was $12,000. He was paying the minimums on this fine. Funny, when he was gone, it was paid off. Gone. Bye-bye. See you later. Sweep it away. Interesting. Now, this is by Serge Kalvinsky. He is a big-time New York Times person. For more than two decades, federal law enforcement authorities pursued the Mongols, a notorious motorcycle club whose members had a long history of murder, assault, drug dealing, and robbery. Didn't say the whole club. Said some of its members. Now, in 2018, the government scored a victory of sorts. Prosecutors convinced a jury in California that these crimes were not just the result of individual bikers behaving badly. Ooh. But the work of an organized criminal enterprise that participated in the campaign of mayhem. The club was ordered to pay 500,000 big ones in what prosecutor hoped would be a down payment on putting it out of business. Well, you're all wrong, prosecutors. Hey, what is it with you guys? You're always being busybodies with motorcycle clubs, but you're releasing people without bond and all that type of stuff. I I'm just saying. Now, there is a petition for a new trial and reversal of the half-million-dollar fine, which is scheduled, I think, for today, if you're reading, uh, listening to the video, or it has passed, uh, in the U.S. District Court in Santa Ana, claims that Mr. Santillan, 52, covertly cooperated for years with a special agent from the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. In exchange, the club said in its motion, the agent appears to have spared Mr. Centillion from serious legal consequences for several offenses since 2011. Ouch. Ouch. Somebody might have some information that we're not privy to. Yeah, might think that, huh? For all you guys, where's the paperwork? Like, they're going to put it out on Blast Street. See, they haven't said a damn word. And I love how this guy goes around and bumping on Bobby D. You never gave me the video. Dude never friggin' contacted me about anything. 
All I did was ask through an email, hey, what about this paperwork and stuff? And nothing. Come on. You what you're doing is what is called projecting. You're trying to project it on somebody else because you're having problems. It's human nature. I understand. Uh, the unusual legal deal provides a rare glimpse into the hidden and vital politics of outlaw motorcycle clubs and the degree in which law enforcement and its targets may engage in limited cooperation when it sees something as mutually beneficial. Ooh. Even he can see it. The ATF and other law enforcement agencies have long gone after biker organizations. Yay, you learned that with that video that we showed and how tricky and devious these people really are. By co-opting members as informants and infiltrating the groups with their own undercover agents. Wow. The Mongols are relying on an explosive video shared by Mr. Centillion's wife. Now, his last name sounds like chameleon. Just saying. Uh, Annie, who during a stretch when she was angry with her husband over his infidel oh, infidelity, ooh, had her daughter record a conversation in which he appeared to refer to protection he had received from an ATF agent. Even old Surge Boy over here knows what's going on. Here's something that nobody knew. Nobody knew about this. She, meaning Annie, meaning the wife, which, by the way, when we interviewed him, when we confronted him, why was the agent talking to your wife? Because we all know that agents are not going to talk to the wife about this kind of business. He said, no, he didn't. So what I had to do was play the recording with him live on air. And he was, uh-huh. She also sent in a text to other Mongols, now filed with the court, that her husband had acted for a time as a confidential government informant. In other words, she wrote, he's a rat. That came from her text messages. Now, you say, well, she's mad. He was cheating on her. Come on. I don't. Oh, my goodness gracious. No. Because she'd be putting herself in the spotlight. Yes. Just saying. Now. Both Mr. Centillion or you know what? I'm going to start saying Mr. Chameleon. That's what his new nickname is. Not Little Dave, but Mr. Chameleon. 
a Mongols member for almost 25 years who didn't prospect, who was voted out of the club in July, and the agent, John Sassone, who retired in December after 32 years at the ATF, deny Mr. Chameleon was acting as an informant during the trial, though, though, Mr. Chameleon, again, was not acting as an informant. His sworn declaration does not address whether Mr. Chameleon had acted as a confidential informant in the past. Didn't address it. Both men also rejected the claim that Mr. Chameleon had revealed privileged defense information to the government while his motorcycle club was on trial. Interesting. I got to ask the question. Why were Mr. Chameleon and the agent brought in the judge's chambers because the jurors kept on seeing Mr. Chameleon and said agent together all the time. Now, Mr. Chameleon has acknowledged, acknowledged that he talked often with Mr. Sassone for a period of years, usually, usually, let's underline that, in the presence of other Mongols members. Why wasn't it done all the time? No, usually. He said they discussed matters such as public safety when the Mongols or other clubs were planning parties or motorcycle rallies to ensure that members stayed in line and that rival groups kept their distance. It's funny. In National Geographic's Traffic Kid with Mariana Van Seller, he was joking around with the agent, oh, we're 0-3, and that had to do with murders. Wow. So he basically admitted it. But why ain't he in jail? Asking questions. Now, let's get uh, his uh, viewpoint here. Never in my life have I ever implicated anybody in the club for some kind of nefarious activity. If you're a rat, you're the scum of the earth. <laughs> now, in the video, yes. In the video, Mrs. Chameleon was talking to her husband on speakerphone when he told her that Mr. Sassone was retiring. Quote, he can't protect me. Why would it be you? What do you need protection from? He told me so. We have to have an exit strategy. Again, he can't protect me. He told me 
So we have to have an exit strategy. He told me. They left out the part where he said, didn't he tell you? Meaning him talking to the wife. And an apparently agitated Mr. Chameleon said to her, one thing about being drunk or on drugs, boy, does the truth sucks. Come on, everybody knows that. Mr. Chameleon said that she now felt, oh, that's Mrs., my fault. She felt horrible about disclosing the communications and that her husband was not, in fact, an informant. Really? You're sending text messages everywhere. Being arrested. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You gotta hear this one. Gotta hear this one. And this is a quote from Mrs. Chameleon. The only thing he is guilty of is talking to John a lot and having some kind of rapport with him. Mm. And usually he had other members with him. But you don't know what happens when you leave the members. Mr. Chameleon said he talked with the ATF agent over the years because it helped avert trouble. Usually that's a sergeant-at-arms job, I think. You know, maybe my, uh, you know, my knowledge is off. It is 2022, but usually it's always been the sergeant-at-arms that handled that kind of stuff. Well, John looked out not just for me, but the club. My God, digging, digging, digging. Before long, he's going to be in China. Mr. Chameleon said, that's what I meant by protect in the video. Oh, come on, your story changes too much. And it goes into how they've been in, uh, you know, pictures of the biker scene. Uh, then it says, well, during almost 13 years, uh, he led the Mongols. Mr. Chameleon appeared to steer the organization away from its past recruitment of Mexican criminal gang members and a culture of, quote, total underworld activity that the feds feasted on. Hmm. In terms of prosecution, said William Delaney, an expert on motorcycle groups who was formerly an associate professor of national security at the U.S. Air Force Air Command. Hmm. Mr. Delaney said that Mr. Chameleon instituted new policies like no more club-driven drug business. Well, that's cool. Keep the members out of it. And made it mandatory that members had to have a motorcycle and things like a valid driver's license and registration. Hmm. As for Mr. Sassoni, he had mastered the craft of ex executing complex investigations. Air quotes here. Using everything from undercovers to informants to wiretaps to subpoenas and surveillance. And this was 
a retired ATF agent who infiltrated three biker clubs. Very telling, that statement. And he was tireless. He was the guy outside all the time providing cover support in case something went wrong with the undercovers. And he was the case agent against the Mongols. In my opinion, the only reason the government brought this RICO case was to take another run at the patch, having failed each time in the past. This from George Steele, a lawyer for the Mongols, who's handling a separate appeal in the case. Federal prosecutors have been focusing on the Mongols logo since 2008. The lawyer in charge of the retrial, Joseph A. Yanni, said the Mongols hoped to prove that an improper relationship between Mr. Chameleon and Mr. ATF agent during the 2018 trial allowed the government to hear things it should not have about the Mongols' defense strategy and even adversely influenced the Mongols' presentation of their case. Hmm. Here we is. Here it is. In writing, New York Times, on one occasion during the trial, Judge Carter uh, expressed his displeasure to lawyers for both sides after being told by a U.S. Marshal that Mr. Chameleon and Mr. ATF agent had been seen chatting at Starbucks. In their petition, the Mongols argue that Mr. Chameleon could have been pressured to leak strategy and other information to the government as a result of lenient treatment the defense claimed he received during his brushes with the law. Hmm. Hmm. Really? Interesting. <laughs> now, John Turley, everybody sees him all the time, a constitutional law expert at George Washington University, said that if the federal agent was seeking confidential information about a criminal defense, that would be an extraordinary transgression. There could be a particular concern that the defense lawyer was unwittingly receiving directions from someone aligned with the government. Hmm. Very, very interesting material. A lot of new stuff came out in it. Uh, You know what? I wonder why keep going public? Keep this off the radar. Unless you're getting, a, you know, a book deal or if you're getting a movie deal. Hey, maybe you're even getting a spot on Mayans MC. I'm not saying that, so don't take that out of tune. But maybe. Lots of stuff. Lots of information in this. And it's going to be funny to see. All their responses. 
Because you know they're not going to watch the whole damn video. They're going to go on there right away and say, where's the paperwork? And what Jonathan Turley said, it would be a transgression for the agent to know the defense strategy. And as we learned in our last segment, cops would do anything they have to to get a conviction. Oh, we got a story that's going to be coming up later on this week about how entrapment actually works, and a judge called it out. So, as the soap opera continues with Little Dave, I'm sure we'll have more information covering the motions, all that good stuff, as it comes available. But I do want to again say, those that are saying that me and others are getting information from Bobby D are freaking smoking crack. That doesn't, just isn't the case. But hey, you believe who you want to believe. There's one man who hasn't said a damn word going by club rules and protocols that all you guys scream about. On the other hand, you got a guy making the New York Times. And don't get off the damn internet. So you decide what's going on. One guy's following protocol, not breaking rules, keeping his mouth shut. The other one's out there yapping like old Tweety Bird. Anyway, we're going to go to the second half of the show right now with uh, my China doll coming in. We always have the most interesting conversations. You can watch us live on Discord or you can listen to us on the Google app. Insane Throttle Radio or Insane Throttle TV, man. Rock and roll. We're out of here. We're going to get to uh, our music break. We'll be right back. I'm 
reaching back into the golden vault of solid gold raw. Oh, happy birthday to my sidekick, Chai Needow. She has turned 60 years old today. Oh, shut the hell up. <laughs> no, I don't. You didn't like that? No. <laughs> Fix my mic. It sounds weird. How's that? I don't know. That's good. That Thanks. better? Yeah. Must have been the catch. He's always uh, jumping all over us. Hey, I am not 60. I am 49 and fucking proud of it. That's cool. That's good for you. Because I look good. I can't do a Marilyn Monroe for you. Oh, fucking don't. Don't. <laughs> I don't even want you to sing Happy Birthday because I might just like laugh my ass off. Happy oh, my God. Stop. No. 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 You. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> No, no, Hollywood, no. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Don't quit your day job. Stop. So did you have a good birthday weekend? I did. Yeah. I got a big surprise. It costed me a lot of money, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I got a big surprise. What was that? My sister and her daughter, which would be my niece, showed up at my work an hour before I left work. Yes, shocker came down. Yeah, I got surprised. It's on TikTok. And so did my cat. <laughs> yeah. She got locked in prison. <laughs> she got locked in with my niece. <laughs> I walk up the stairs. I was like, where's my cat? <laughs> and I look over the door shut. I was like, she shut my cat in the freaking bedroom. <laughs> and then when she opened the door, she ran out at motherfucker. <laughs> Looking at me with an all dirty looking shit like that. Like, what the hell, you asshole? <laughs> you locked me up. This is my room. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> How does it feel to turn 49? It's it's fine. I don't feel any different than 48. It was, that's what you're asking. It was like funny. Last night I said, uh, how old are you going to be in 10 years? Uh, 59. <laughs> I was like, okay, how, how old are you going to be in 20 years? Uh, 69. <laughs> and then as soon as I say that, Corey looks at us and goes, <laughs> and, she's sitting, and she's sitting here looking at me like, you cocksucker. <laughs> Why would you bring that up? Dude, we are five months minus a day away from each other in age. So, duh. But aging don't affect me. It does too. You're old as fuck. You look you look older than me. No, but it don't scare me like it scares you. I don't like it. That's why I said next year I'm going to turn 50 and then after that I'm not turning 51. I'm turning 49 again. It's you got to go backwards. My bitch ass is going backwards in time. Fuck that. No, I will not age past 50. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll just stay 50. No. No more birthdays after that. No more birthdays. No, after 50. No. Done. We got to say, everybody going down to Hog Rock, be careful. Uh, watch out for their cages and all that shit, their asses. Be safe. Be safe. Hey, by the way, you are now banned. What? Yes, China Doll is banned. From? <laughs> giving me a blowjob behind a wheel. Oh, God, I know. What the hell? Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> in Florida, a couple was just engaged, 
in an oral sex act while the driver smashed head-on into a FedEx truck. <laughs> I, got, I guess, I guess got it was a, a good excited. one. Must have been a good one. He over Must there getting been. bobbed on the knob and shit like that. Next thing you know, <laughs> he's running into a FedEx truck. <laughs> what kind of shit is Dude, this? My question with that is, what happened to his dick? Did she bite it? <laughs> Did she get it stuck in her mouth? Something. Something oh, had God, to that happen. must have hurt. Because, really, you're going to tense up if you hit something. I mean, she probably, well, they either one of, neither one of them seen it coming, I guess, literally. <laughs> the truck or his junk. You do bring up a good point, though. Dude. What you're if gonna she hit... was bobbing on the knob and had it in her mouth, the next thing you know, she they was. hit the truck? That's why he hit the truck. <laughs> did he lose his? Did he get a little ring? I know. Bobbing on the sad accident? part. The sad part is, is the article does not say. That is not journalism. I no. want to know the ending. <laughs> I want to know how it ended. <laughs> Maybe they'll have a follow-up story. <laughs> so, guys, the moral of this story is: you do not want a blowjob while you are driving a car. No, you better pull the fuck over. <laughs> not only do you risk running into a FedEx truck, or even worse, a UPS truck. <laughs> how the fuck is that worse? You might end up getting your dick bit off. <laughs> Seriously, they cl- she'll cleanse her fucking teeth and bite that shit right off like a hot dog. Well, she had minor injuries, I guess, and he had more than minor injuries, so maybe that's our little brief thing saying oh. that it was... Been pretty dangerous down there. Now I heard of guys that you know are actually into a broad's teeth on their dick. Why I don't know because I'd punch you in the mouth. Uh, but <laughs> this takes it to a whole different level. It really does. I know there's freaks out there, but damn. I mean, dude, y'all got to learn better on how to do roadhead. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you got to pay attention. How can you not pay attention? Really. It's like, duh. Mm-hmm. I guess it was just that good. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Has the audience ever had a, you know, a good <laughs> blowjob, you know, while driving? I know I do, but I'm not a dummy. I don't know. You know, you're about to blow your load, man. Pull over, man, and just stuff her head down there. <laughs> Morbic asshat needs more practice. You won't have to worry about a FedEx truck. <laughs> That's scary stuff. Just thinking about it for a man. Because you know with a man, all you have to do is breeze their balls and they're on the ground. But a fucking broad just biting down and shit like that because of a car wreck? And y'all don't realize it hurts too when women get hit down there. Let me tell you. What do you mean it hurts? You don't got nothing. When a chick gets punched in the crotch, yeah, it does hurt. It hurts. Why would you even bring that up? I don't know, because you said that it somebody ain't like the guy is nuts. going down on a woman. You know how hard that would be? That would be really difficult. Yes. How the hell is the guy going to lean over to smack some tuna with his tongue? With the steering wheel with in the, the way? With the steering wheel in the way. And y'all think it's any easier when us women do it with the fucking steering wheel in the way? Yeah, I think it is. You know, we get we got mild concussions that... from that shit. Hitting <laughs> 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 the fucking steering wheel. <laughs> you better adjust that bitch to bus driver style. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine now they have to go to court? 
can't explain to the giant. Explain, I'd be like, I'm guilty as a motherfucker, man. Just give me my fine. <laughs> <laughs> or the insurance company. Now tell us what happened. Uh, well, she was. We were going down the road, and <laughs> she was sucking on my pecker, and it was feeling good. And next thing you know, I'm inside the FedEx uh, truck. <laughs> It's awesome. <laughs> right? Can you imagine the look on the insurance adjuster's face getting that kind of call? <laughs> I don't know, man. If I was in that position, I'd be like, insurance agent, help me out here. I'll have her give you a blowjob, and you'll see what I was dealing with. <laughs> man, his premiums are going the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to insure him, man, because they're always going to be worried if he's getting head. <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable now let's see here it goes on to say in 2016 a Houston man was arrested for allegedly having sex with a female passenger before crashing his vehicle now they're throwing up all kinds of incidences of this well that was sex so she's riding his junk while he's driving yeah well, damn, that's coordination. There's some freaky people out there. They think this kind of stuff can work. I don't know. All I picture when you're riding somebody's junk while they're driving is your ass honking the fucking horn like a bitch. You know what is funny, man? <laughs> what? Those, those truck drivers, you know, I know a lot of them. They get to see this on the road all the time. Where a broad's leaning down there giving head. There's many occasions they see that shit. So this ain't, you know, something that's not prevalent. What is it with women that wants to give head while a guy's driving? Well, why not? Mm -hmm. I mean, why wait till you get home? <laughs> <laughs> Just be like, excuse me. <laughs> Z <laughs> just have some fun whatever uh -huh. just hope your dry hope the one driving knows how to drive and most of the time they don't no obviously most of the time they don't obviously not it's like what the hell man <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy hope his junk's okay or maybe not serves him right <laughs> Can you imagine going to the hospital being in an accident like that Oh my God, how'd this happen? How'd well, this happen? She bit on my dick. I hit a FedEx truck. <laughs> and I had her on the, you know, end of my balls. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's got him grazed off. Oh and my God. Schlong. Uh, interesting Monday, let me tell you. Interesting Monday. <sighs> <laughs> What's the matter there, Hollywood? So it's Serial Killer Monday. It is. And we got a couple cases here we're going to be talking about. Yeah. One that a lot of us lived through. Yeah. And there hasn't been any arrest in that case. Nope. And that is, and it started right here in Chicago. We, we get the assholes in Chicago. We get the freaks. We get the dummies. We get the psychopaths. Yeah, and that was the Tylenol murders. Yes, and an interesting thing that came out of the Tylenol murders is a shit ton of copycats. Well, that, but every time you open something, you got the plastic on there, or you got 
you know, the safety deal, that's what came out of the Tylenol murders. Where everything had to be sealed. And if the and you know, we used to tell the kids, hey, if the seal's broken, don't drink it or some shit like that. Well, this happened in nineteen eighty two. And it just so happens that also in nineteen eighty two, because of the Tylenol murders, the poison candy with trick or treaters. Oh man, in the happened the same happened the same year. So a lot of people discouraged trick-or-treating that year, and most grocery store sales were down 20% on candy because it was the same year as the Tylenol killer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it's like kids go trick-or-treating, and what's the first thing parents do? Dump the shit out, let's go through it, anything that looks wrong goes in the trash. Or in my case, if it looks wrong, but it's something I want, I'm keeping it and say it's open. <laughs> oh, what happened to her? Dumbass ate candy that was open. <laughs> but yeah, this happened back in 1982. All the Which vi- was a lot of different times. <clears throat> the victims had taken Tylenol branded acetaminophen capsules. That were laced with potassium cyanide. Now, those capsules were real easy to break open and put in what you wanted. Which, since then, they have made it a lot more difficult, according to um, the company. They have made Johnson & Johnson. They've made it more difficult for those to be opened. Mm-hmm. They had to re uh, refigure out. And what's funny is, I think the reason why everybody was so scared back then... We didn't have the internet. We didn't have cell phones. We had really the only way of communication was newspaper and the news broadcast on AB or on uh, two five seven nine thirty two, and it freaked people out because we were paying attention to one news source back then. Right, and they did a good one by scaring the shit out of everybody. Yeah, and it, and during the original, before all the copycats started, a total of seven people died. Mm-hmm. All right, and no suspects have been charged or convicted of the poisonings. After all these years. New York City resident James William Lewis was convicted of extortion for sending a letter to Tylenol manufacturer Johnson & Johnson that took responsibility for the deaths and demanded a million dollars to stop them. Mm. But evidence tying Lewis to the actual poisoning never emerged. He was just trying to get money off Tylenol. And I think it's probably the dude that did it's dead by now. Well, probably. Probably dead. The first, and this was just from September to October where the original cases were. And September of 82, Mary Kellerman of Elk Grove in Illinois, died after taking extra-strength Tylenol. Mm-hmm. Adam Janis in Arlington Heights died in the hospital the day after ingesting Tylenol, and his brother and sister-in-law later died after taking the same Tylenol from the same bottle. Within the next few days, Mary McFarlane, Paula Prince, and Mary Reiner all died from similar incidents. It took them a while to see this was all connected. Yeah. This was a huge news story, man. 
And it it scared everybody into not taking uh, the Tylenol. Mm-hmm. Well, that scared the shit out of the everybody. The thing that was weird was is the tainted capsules were found that it, they were made in two different locations, Pennsylvania and Texas. Hmm. Yeah. Two different hmm. two different manufacturer locations, both locations. And this is before the safety shit of the sealed uh, bottles. Yeah. Before all you had all... to do was open a bottle, and that's what people don't get before then. All you had to do was open the fucking bottle and put it back together. Yeah. Now you got, like, childproof fucking lids on this shit. Lids. With and the, the fucking the aluminum wrap, wrap and, yeah. like, the whole freaking... And then don't forget that big ball of fucking cotton in exactly. that shit. Exactly. They went nuts, Johnson & Johnson. <laughs> you ain't got nothing. Back then, it was, like, just unscrewed the lid, because I remember they were screw caps. Mm. You would just unscrew the lid and take it. Now you got to line the fucking arrow up, <laughs> pop the top off, pull off that aluminum seal, pull all that cotton out. I think it was 1989 when the FDA finally came out and said, hey, we have to have some safety precautions because of this shit. And that's when you started getting uh, all the safety shit on the bottles. Yeah. But even us kids were scared of it. Oh, let's give you a time. Fuck you. What do you want to do? Poison me? I remember that, man. People were fucking scared. There was also a uh, second man, Ron, uh, Roger Arnold. And it, they investigated him of the killings also. Um, I guess he had a nervous breakdown due to the media attention. Because uh, he was blamed in... Uh, Marty Sinclair, a bar owner, by Marty Sinclair, some bar owner. Mm. And, well, he he didn't do it. He was uh, cleared. But Arnold did shoot and kill someone. <laughs> Psychopath motherfuckers. And during the same time he was be- being investigated. <laughs> so he ended up getting time for second degree murder of the person that he shot during all this bullshit that was going on because he was you know freaked out because he's getting accused of something and then he has a breakdown and goes and actually kills someone well yeah he's probably saying hey you know if you're gonna accuse me i'm gonna go fucking do it yeah basically that's what you're saying yeah and then the other thing that i found funny is Lori dan who poisoned and shot a number of people in may of 88 in winnetka she was briefly considered a suspect but no connection was found. You know, it's funny. SSW just put in Discord. It didn't stop. It happened out here on the West Coast with the copycats. Yeah, it said that there were... Oh, man, there were copycats. Hundreds of copycats that attacked, that that involved the Tylenol. Mm. Hundreds. And it was throughout the U.S. immediately following after all the deaths here in Chicago. There were ones that died in New in, in New York, um, Texas. I mean, it was all over the place, and that's why Johnson and Johnson decided they pulled all of it off the shelf and redid everything. Because their publicity was getting killed. Oh yeah, they lost. They were losing. That's why they now do the tamper resistant packaging and the safety seals, because then it's. Not as easier to mess with. Did they ever catch any of the copycats? Um, not according to what I'm reading, no. 
So not only did they not catch the original guy doing it, they didn't catch any of the copycats either. It just goes to show you how easy shit was back then to do without getting, you know, without getting caught. Well, that's like this guy, this guy in 1986, he was a... A student at the University of Texas. Well, he was found dead in his apartment after succumbing to the Tylenol from the uh, copycats. Mm -hmm. And his death was ruled a homicide at first, but then the medical examiner changed it to a suicide. Interesting. Saying that he overdosed on Tylenol. Damn. Yeah. I'm like... Okay. How many milligrams are you not supposed... Uh, you, you can only take, what, no more than, what, a couple thousand of milligrams of Tylenol before you start fucking... Well, they recommend, off. like, no more than... What is it? If you do the 500 milligrams... Yeah. ...tablets or pills or whatever, uh, I think it's, like, 3,000. So that's, like... You must have a three, big fucking headache. Three doses in a day. Hmm. You must have a real fucked up headache. Hey, I did that once with my migraines, but guess what ended up happening? I got sick as fuck and had to go to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I did. When I had that, that was back when uh, we were out in Downers Grove. And you had to come get me at uh, Bo Ricks when I was cutting hair and our daughter was little. Right. And I told you I wasn't feeling right because I had a headache that morning. And I took like 3,000 milligrams of Tylenol and ended up in the freaking hospital. <laughs> Leave it to China, doll. I guess my body can't tolerate that much Tylenol. <laughs> You're a dork. <laughs> I know I'm a dork. It's fine. It's my birthday. I can be a dork if I want to. Well, you know what? I, I got to give you that. It is your birthday and you can be a dumbass. I like being a dumbass. You know what I don't it's get, fine. though, about birthdays? What? Why we still have them? I pull out the red carpet for you. Yeah. I give you hundreds and, of dollars and, for. And guess you know, what? Guess what you get for your birthday? A five dollar T shirt from Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even get a birthday cake. <clears throat> no, we did two last year. And next thing you know, we're giving you the you know the queen's treatment. Yeah. And then you say to the king, "Fuck you." Here's your five dollar T shirt from Walmart. Much love. Which, I, I like the $5 t-shirt. You like the t-shirts anyways, but it's yeah. funny. I'm like, Hiko, I don't even wrap it. I give it to him in the Walmart bag. Now, why is it different? Because you're a dude. You could buy your own shit. Ouch. What? What a bitch. <laughs> what? You can buy your you own stuff. You just actually said that. You could buy your own stuff. Man, I work at a gas station, okay? I work. And I don't make as much money. I can't. I can't afford nothing but a five dollar t shirt. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know our daughter's got to you know rack up our phone bill. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Because <laughs> she's always got to get a new phone. You know, every time you go get a new phone when you're on a freaking plan, your bill goes up because you got to pay that phone off for like two years. Where would your dream birthday event happen? Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I did that a couple years ago. <laughs> yes, this broad did Chuck E. Cheese. I fucking did. 
<laughs> I made the kids take me to Chuck E. Cheese. Like what? Two, three, a couple, three years ago. That's what I have to live with. Yeah, I like Chuck E. Cheese. No, really. If we were rich, what kind of birthday party would you want? I would like just a big old barbecue with a whole shit ton of people. Dude, how shallow are you? <laughs> Why? I'd be wanting to go buy my own island, having it uh-uh. packed full of women, uh-uh. and give me a happy birthday. Everybody line up, man. Everybody gets to kiss the I'm, pecker. I think we should have like an old school biker birthday party for my 50th. Why? Like go to a forest preserve and have a bunch of people come and bring me bring me presents. <laughs> That's what you like is presents. Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I get and I get a t-shirt. And you get a t-shirt. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Thanks for coming, motherfucker. Here's your t-shirt. I don't even get a good dinner. <laughs> oh, let's go buy you a couple Big Macs. What? Comment from my sister. <laughs> B-I-L, you can cry on your birthday. Today is not your birthday. <laughs> I never get a birthday. It ain't till November, so get over yourself. I'll get you a t-shirt. You're fine. Okay, going back to this deal. What? What was the ending of this? Because I know there's not an ending. Nobody's been charged. But where's the case at today? Are they still researching it? It don't go anything past May 2011. I guess the uh, FBI. Let's see. You'd think with DNA they could have found something by now. And on May 19, 2011, the FBI requested DNA samples from the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski. So they thought it was him. In connection with the Tylenol murders. Kaczynski des- denied ever having poison, you know, possessing potassium cyanide. The first four Unabomber crimes happening in Chicago and the suburbs from 78 to 80, his parents were living in Lombard, Illinois, where he stayed occasionally. So that's why they tried connecting him to it. Yeah, but, but a serial killer, they'll take cleared. credit for their crime. Oh Yeah, he was cleared. I bet you. I bet you it was that douchebag that freaking sent the letter to freaking Johnson & Johnson and they just said, oh, no, it wasn't him. He just wanted money. I don't know. But with DNA testing, they should have been able to figure out who this person was. And if they haven't done anything since 2011, they're basically saying, well, fuck it. We can't deal with it. You know, I think with all the advancement in technology, they should get these cold case detectives on this shit. Yeah, but I don't think this one would ever get solved. I mean... I don't see how they Wouldn't could. Wouldn't they be able to track down where the... Uh, well, I mean, they know where the two manufacturing locations were. You know, the two states where they were manufactured. Well, I'm talking how about do the they cyanide. Not, how do they not know that somebody that was in one of the locations for the manufacturing didn't tamper with them? Did Very the, good point. They they never even investigated the two locations where they were manu- where the pills were manufactured. Mm. So, what? Duh. That was dumb. You got that right. How do you not know somebody on that line didn't do something? After the music break, what's the next murderer? It's Murder Monday, man. Serial Killer Monday. Everybody loves this day. Fucking psychopaths. Only you psychopaths would love this shit. Robert William Willie Picton. 
What was his claim to fame? He's a Canadian serial killer and former pig farmer, suspected of being one of the most profil- uh, pro- Okay. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. Serial killers in history. He was also he was a butcher's apprentice. Oh man, we'll go to this one uh, after the break.
Insane Throttle TV app on Roku now. Get content not seen on our other platforms. No censorship, no PC, only biker fun and entertainment. It's hardcore. Again, go over to Roku TV and add the Insane Throttle TV app now. Rock on. Sad news. Bon Jovi founding uh, bassist Alec uh, John Such, he died. Yes, yeah. sad state of affairs right there, man. Bon Jovi is a hit band, especially to women. What the fuck is it with you women? You go fucking crazy over him. Dude, it was all the hair bands. Come on now. <laughs> they had better hair than we chicks did. You know what? That's actually right. They did. They, did. they had way better hair than we did. It's it was like, holy shit, man. You're, it was. That's why I like Metallica and shit like that. While everybody else liked the glam bands. Damn right. Whatever possessed them to dress like chicks. Why not? And, and chicks got and that. Just tell it goes to show you chicks were by <laughs> from the beginning. From the beginning, because they liked uh, seeing them. <laughs> hey, it happens. <laughs> it happens. So that's sad news, right there. Yeah, sad news. Sad. It, all the '80s bands are getting old now, and what I find stupid is they keep on touring. It's like Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue. It's like, come on, guys, give it up. <laughs> Just give it up, please. God, especially Vince Neil. Holy God, what shit. The hell? What happened? I don't know. He just looks wrong. But, uh, you know, I can't uh, bash him, man. All the pussy them guys got back in the day. Anyway, let's go to our next serial killer. Robert Picton. Yes. After dropping out of high school, he This guy became... reminds me of your fucking sister. <laughs> he became a butcher's apprentice and worked full-time at his family's pig farm. He is believed to have begun his murders in the early 80s after inheriting the farm. He was arrested in 2002 and was convicted in 2007 of second-degree murders of six women and was subject to a lengthy investigation... And evidence of other murders. He was charged with the deaths of an additional 20 women. Many of them from the Vancouver East Side. Picton was sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole for 25 years. Let me guess. The this longest is... sentence for first degree murder under Canadian law. Let me guess, this is ending uh, or going towards somebody, a uh, pig eating somebody. Yes. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so gross. Go on. <laughs> Sick bitch. <laughs> <sighs> well, what he did was he would kill, it, it, from what it seems, it was all women. They say that he was, during the trial, the Crown stated that Picton had confessed to 49 murders to an undercover agent. Damn. Yeah. But he also said he wanted to kill another woman to make it 50, but then he was caught. Let's because just round he was, it up. Because he was sloppy. What is it with these people that, they have this urge just to kill and kill and kill. 
They have some serious issues, man. They claim there were many more murders, but... They couldn't prove them. They can't connect them yet. At some point, these people are probably like, I forget. I killed so many, I don't remember. Well, I guess he was, able, he was able to... He, he was... When he was sentenced, it was 27 women mm -hmm. when he was sentenced. And the things that he... Ugh. What's some of the stuff he did? Some gross shit. Give it to us. <laughs> You're in it as gross-ass shit. These items were found at his place, okay? A loaded uh, twenty-two revolver, revolver with a dildo over the barrel and one, and one round fired. Basically, he would stick the gun with the dildo attached in there. Oh my god, this guy has fucking issues. And pull the trigger. Boxes of three fifty-seven Magnum handgun ammunition, night vision goggles, two pairs of Fox fur-lined handcuffs, a syringe with three millimeters of blue liquid inside, known as the Spanish fly, which is an aphrodisiac. <laughs> The lab specifically states that about 80 unidentified DNA profiles, roughly half male and half female, have been detected in evidence. Mm. A videotape of Picton's friend saying that Picton told him a good way to kill a female heroin addict was to inject her with windshield washer fluid. Oh a second tape was played for Picton in which an associate... Uh, said that he mentioned killing sex workers by handcuffing them and strangling them and bleeding and gutting them before feeding them to his pigs. So basically this guy would kill these women, hang them upside down on his pig farm and gut them and let them bleed out and then he would feed them to his pigs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So, on December 2007, the jury returned with uh, saying that Picton was not guilty on six counts of first degree, but is guilty on six counts of second degree. Mm hmm Which is weird, because he planned all this shit, so I don't understand why he didn't qualify for first degree, but hey, I wasn't on the jury, not my thing. Right. I don't think they got the death penalty up there, do they? He tried to appeal. Doesn't sound like it. He tried to appeal it. And the dr the judge said the evidentiary rulings made by the trial judge that mm -hmm. he was going to be remaining with his sentence. That there's no way that he'd get the appeal. Fuck no. He tried, he tried to appeal it a couple times, as a matter of fact. Dude's taking vibrators and shit. On a frickin' 22 and sticking it in their hoo-ha. What kind of sick shit really is that? It's disgusting. What do they think this shit up? I don't know whoever would have thought that. I mean, you know, feeding someone to the pigs. You know, my sister talks about that with you all the time, but I don't feel like I'm going to stick no dildo up your butt and pull the trigger. <laughs> no, I worry now because maybe she's getting the ideal from this dude. <laughs> Your sister's sick. <laughs> she has a serial killer mind. <laughs> Feeding motherfuckers to pigs and shit like that. 
And now what's even worse is you feed somebody to the pigs and then you kill the pigs and then you eat their meat, so ain't you eating your victim? Yeah, technically, isn't that considered cannibalism then? Yes! <laughs> so not only in America do we have some fucked up people. Canada does too. We got some fucked up people in Canada. Yeah. But we always knew Canadians were a little weird. We always knew that. Yeah. Well, they I... speak French, for Christ's sakes. They don't even know what language they got. Well, in 2007, he did get the second-degree murder for the death of six specific women. But he also stood accused of first-degree murder and de deaths of 20 other women. And these charges were stayed on August of 2010. My question, though, is... Because a lot of these deaths happened in right before he got busted. Well, no, my question is, is if he's feeding them to the pigs... How the hell they know it was him that killed them? Probably all the Because there's no body. Probably all the evidence. That, well, maybe then they didn't know about the teeth. Pigs can't digest teeth. Really? What yeah. do they do? Just shit them out? I'll probably spit them out. I don't fucking know. <laughs> you should my, know this stuff. Ask my sister. She owns pigs. <laughs> <laughs> She names them and then kills their ass. That's a that's no, some raw ass she shit, has already, man. She has already told you when they get picked up to be killed, she's not present. Yeah, but still, man, you're all you know cool with your pig and shit. Next thing you know, you're killing that motherfucker. <laughs> that's some raw shit right there, man. That's some serial killer bullshit right there. <laughs> it is serial killer bullshit right there. Do you think this guy had, a like, a mommy issue or something? You know, the funny thing is, is it's like, you try and read, I read about, like, his upbringing and stuff, and it just, it doesn't really was say Was he, like, that, a normal guy or some shit? Well, they said that he was often sent to school in unwashed, dirty clothes, reeking of manure, and earned the nickname Stinky Piggy. <laughs> But that pissed him off. He was strongly attached to his mother and had little interaction with his abusive father. So why the hell did he go after women and not guy? You would think he would go after guys because, well, I guess he they tried blaming some guy's deaths on him. But he, uh... Moral of this story is don't piss off the motherfucker if he drew I mean, pig. I mean, I personally don't understand why he didn't go after men. After, you know, saying that his father was so severely abusive. Right. So his father died in 78, and then his mother died the following year, leaving the farm to Picton and his two siblings. And the siblings did not want the farm. I wouldn't either. They call me Stinky Pig. Stinky Pig. That's what they call me if I did that. I guess they said that this place, the place that they lived at was extremely creepy looking. And he was actually described as being a very pro very quiet guy. Hmm. Well, that is our second serial killer for today, you fucking freaks. We're going to Thousand Foot Crunch right now. After that, it's Cardigan's Humanity. Got a red eye on. Got a red eye on. I got a red eye on. Gonna bring it on like a war machine. When it hits you like a wave, 
Hollywood, uh, pay for your nails get done today, your uh, hands, your feet. you just looking all kinds of sexy as a 49-year-old, huh? I told you, you I'm the hot one. You actually look better now than you used to. I have to admit that. What the fuck? The older you got, the better you looking you got. Before then, you were dog face. I'm just kidding. Wow. I'm just kidding. You're going to call me the fat, funny hairdresser, too? What the fuck? It's time for Cards Against Humanity. Get your nastiness ready. Well, let's see how nasty the birthday girl can really get today. Let's see how nasty we're going to get. Introducing the amazing superhero and sidekick duo. It's blank and blank. It's Hollywood and China now. <laughs> Actually, I was gonna say, Florida dude with FedEx truck. <laughs> oh, ouch! <laughs> now that is a dynamic duo, ain't it? 
they're molded as one. <laughs> they are now connected. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> bumper to bumper. You know, when they do them wedding vows and shit like that, you are now one with each other and shit. They literally took it, uh, literally. Yeah, I'm wondering if the dick stayed attached or if it was deep-throated. <laughs> you know what? That's an actual that's a, good that's point. Like, that's, oh, honey, we're going to crash. Stuck her head down on that pole. <laughs> <laughs> Stick it in there. <laughs> or you can say, you know, introducing the porn stars and shit like that. I don't know. I don't know. What do we got going on in there? Butt man and rubbing. <laughs> Butt man and rubbing. <laughs> Notice how these guys are all about sex and shit. They're freaks. God, I don't know where they get that from. You know, China down leads the way. You know, you lead the fucking charge, man, when it comes to this shit. Or, hey, if you want to be uh, Robert Pickens, you could say the 22 and the dildo. <laughs> that is some sick shit. <gasps> Who the fuck would think of something like that? <laughs> Dude, that's, that's just so deranged. That is deranged, man. It's like a psychopath and shit like that. Coastal Wolf. Michael Myers and Pig Man. Your sister and pigs, man. What the fuck? I gotta take her more serious now. <laughs> Bedlam. Super Cocksucker and Captain Cumbubble. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's funny. That's funny shit right there, man. <laughs> Don't even laugh too hard. I might pee a little. You might tinkle? <laughs> I might tinkle. <laughs> you know, you are getting older, so pretty soon it's going to be depends for you. I wonder if they make a G-string depends. They better. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to sit here with a string up my butt crack, man, they better have some fucking depends with G-strings. <laughs> Anyway, all those guys and gals heading down to Hog Rock, make sure you guys are safe. Make sure you pound uh, some meat down there and uh, get you some good head. Hopefully, it's a good party. And watch the roadhead. Be careful. Yeah, watch the roadhead, man. It's dangerous business, man. <laughs> Keep your shit on a straight line. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And that's all for Motorcycle Madhouse this morning. Don't forget to go over to subscribe to our YouTube channel, install Insane Throttle TV's channel over on Roku, as well as go get the Insane Throttle radio app over on Google Play. Rock on until next time.